Welcome everyone to another edition of BB and Budgie's Thursday Night Ricky as we sort of pick over the carcass, I guess, of uh, of Rally Otago now 10 days or so ago. BB, thanks for your time, mate. Um, hopefully the Easter break treated you well and we got to sort of gather our thoughts about uh, yeah. what we saw in Otago. But I mean, look, Hayden Patton, another great drive, uh, you know, convincing victory for him. But um, you know, there, there must be the odd little concern for Hayden given the tyre delamination. Again, we saw it was a little bit of an issue last year. Uh, you know, you, you take from his performance how dominant and, and is he still beatable? Absolutely. I mean, the other thing is that um, he, he had that drive shaft failure in stage three. Now, he was very, very lucky it happened at the start of a short stage right before service. That could have happened in the first stage of the loop, and then you're looking at minutes, not seconds. Um, so that could happen anywhere. It just reminds you that, you know, nothing in, in rallying is guaranteed. Anything can happen. Yeah, the way this championship is set up, and, and given what we know he hopes to achieve this year, any DNF for him is going to probably hurt him far more this year than than at any other um, recent championship that he's he's taken part in, right? It, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, that, that's a good segue too into obviously now there's a slight change in the structure of the championship with Josh Marston having missed this round due to COVID nineteen. Now there was a, an article in the portfolio that. Uh, says that if a driver is to miss a round due to COVID-19, that one of the first four rounds will become a drop around. So that is now in play as well, which is something you've got to take into account. Will we see Hayden at every round this year? We know he's got overseas commitments. Do they line up? I think that's the big question that he's trying to figure out at the moment. Um, you know, I think if you're any one of that chasing pack, it, you certainly wouldn't be writing off your chances. You know, that, and that chase the pack, I mean, we talked about it all last year. How good was this if only they could all finish? Well, we finally saw them finish, Budgie. Yeah, well, let's let's touch on that. So Ben Hunt takes a, a solid second place. It looks comfortable on paper. He drove superbly. What a debut for, for that Skoda New Zealand car. Uh, Rana Horan, a, a terrific job to get third overall and a really, really smart drive from Rana, not pushing the, the envelope anywhere. Let's just assess those two drivers on the podium first, and then we'll get into some of the other contenders. Absolutely. So I think the best way to sum up Ben's driver is very impressive, but not surprising. I mean, the guy's just got so much natural talent. It just seems that he can get in anything and, and drive it fast. So was I surprised to see him there? No. But was it an impressive drive? Absolutely. You know, full credit to them. And I still suspect that as they, as he and Tony get more comfortable in that car, we will see more. You go to Fongaray, it's probably a little bit more suited to those roads. So, you know, look out there. Rana, um, I was just speaking to him last week. Yeah, he, he's never really had, A, a lot of mileage in Dunedin and B, a lot of luck. You know, we saw him miss it last year. He broke those ribs just before um, that round of the cha- championship. Um, so he probably wishes that the COVID drop around thing was in last year. But, um, you know, for him, he didn't go out. He did and do anything stupid. He ran his own event and he ended up picking up the pieces and, and you know, certainly didn't drive drive slowly, but drove well within himself and, and reaped the rewards. So, yeah, many, many congratulations to him. All right, let's look at some of the other contenders and the what might have been stories because obviously Robbie Stokes had some dramas, lost some time. I think you've done some numbers to work out where he may have been had the dramas not happened. Uh, we obviously don't live in a world like that, but it makes for really interesting reading when we try to assess 
where drivers and, and competitors are at leading into the rest of the championship. Emma, Emma Gilmore, another one, had some dramas. I think, you know, she could have potentially been on the podium had uh, she not had a, a drama. Great to see her get some points too and, and be Great competitive. And, of a rally. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're all uh, delighted for her. Matt Summerfield, another one who looked impressive on, on Sunday, albeit with the pressure off. Um, his drama happened right at the start of the rally, so we don't really get a, a good assessment of, of where he was at. Just... Have a look at the balance of power BB between you know those guys that, and, and ladies that had some dramas in Otago and where they could be with the two Skodas that finished on the podium and maybe have a little bit in reserve as well. So what we've got is a classic situation of about eight to ten cars that we need to try and fit into the three top places at the at the front of the field because that's about where it's at. So I'll make it my maths roughly if you take out the three stages where Robbie Stokes was in two-wheel drive. He basically bang on with Ben Hunt for that second spot. So, is is Robbie a, a, an outright speed contender? Absolutely. Emma Gilmore, she's right up there on that podium, and and actually on stage times, even with the issues she had, faster than Rana Horan, but she got a minute's worth of time penalties for being late out of the service on Sunday morning. That dropped her down to fifth place. Um, you throw Todd Borden in there too, but mm. he didn't have any prop well. Didn't have any major problems. There's a few issues with bodywork flying off the the new Fiesta, but you know he he's well in there. Um, Ari Pettigrew ran out of tyres towards the end, but man, that kid set some stunning stage times. Um, Matt Summerfield. I mean, we had a bit of a, an inkling that he was going to be, yeah, they'd, they'd done a bit of work late last year on the car and, and finally got a decent direction. I think we saw that on Sunday. That speed was that wasn't quite there last year was was there on Sunday. Mike Young, you know, we're finally seeing what Mike can do in that car. He just had those throttle issues um, in the first loop of stages. Phil Campbell, you know, when when the car was going well, he was going really, really well. So that group of people is really, really strong. Yeah, absolutely. Throw Josh Marston into the mix, of course, too, who will be back. We know that he's there or thereabouts at the point end. I think his speed improved, his outright speed last year. We know the last three or four years he's been very good at getting to the end of rallies and banking points, a la you know, uh, Rana Hora this time around, but I think Josh's outright pace had crept forward a wee bit uh, last year as well. So, yeah, it was, it was massive. Um, yeah. You know, you throw Jack Hawkswood in there, it was it was a quite a mature drive from Jack, you know, slipping clutch the whole way through. Even you look at it, Glenn Inkster, out of the championship for oh, um, a few years, let's go with a few years, um, and he was in the top 10 on Saturday. So, you know, you give, give him a bit more time in the seat. Where he, Where's he's he going to be? You know, Matt Jensen had a terrible run. No, no other way around it. Um, you know, he, yeah. How bad's, the, how bad's the Inkster car? Um, it's not ideal, but it's not. <laughs> no, not not too too bad. It did a, a reasonable amount of damage to the rear suspension, which obviously in those AP4 cars, it's all designed to be controlled and and. Um, Basically, exactly the same. Doesn't matter whether you've got a Mazda two or a um, Toyota Yaris or a Hyundai i twenty or whatever. They're all um, that rear subframe and everything's the same. And it's done a fair bit of damage in that area. I, I think um, there, there shouldn't be an issue getting the car to to Whangarei. Um So yeah, just right. and speaking with Inky, he said it was just annoying. You know, just one of those things—a combination of of multiple factors and sunstrike and all sorts of you know. Not he certainly wasn't making excuses. It's just one of those things that that happens in rallying, unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating battle all season long, and you you sort of fancy that 
some events are going to suit certain drivers, certain cars more than others, and then you move to a different location and the reversal happens. And I think that's that's going to be the case with uh, the overall two-wheel drive situation, BB, uh, because Dylan Thompson claimed a, a, a stunning victory in Rally Otago, um, but it wasn't clear-cut. It wasn't like one of those dominant performances where he was out in front and no one was anywhere near him. The field is closer, and that battle, as I say, between the, the classes within two-wheel drive is going to ebb and flow through the course of the year, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the little NZRC two-wheel drive cars, our, our Fiestas and, and our Suzuki Swift of Jordan Grant, I mean, Jordan, we didn't really get to see fire a shot, unfortunately, with those engine problems, and then eventually, um, you know, breaking the suspension. But he would have been right on Dylan. Bryn Jones was, I think, a massive step up this year. Um, Charlie Evans was right in there too, you know, keeping these young fellas honest, which is is awesome. Um, so that class, I think, is going to be fascinating. You know, um, Lucas Ramsey, um, JP Vandermeer is coming through. Jackson Clendon. I think it was the toughest event that you could have not have your A-grade car there and, and just be in a 1,300 bit. So I think I spoke to him at one point. He says, yeah, we, we get about 120 k's an hour out of it. And if you look at some of Hayden Patton's average um, stage speeds there above that. So he was sort of, you know, fighting with one hand behind his back. But when when we get to Whangarei and they've got that new car, the, the Rally 4 spec for yesterday here, expect Jackson to be a, a contender right in there too. That that's going to be an exciting battle all year. Um, and, you know, that open two-wheel drive class too, that just ebbed and flowed and it's a case of being there and not having trouble keeping your nose clean. Dan Haynes did a great job of that. Uh, sounded like Brent Taylor had some interesting times with Chris Ramsey actually on the throttle at the at the window with the cable. Um, and, you know, Chris Alexander also survived some issues to, to get there um, to the finish on the podium. So... That was all a good battle. I mean, the historics, um, and, and I think before we talk about the historics too, um, obviously we've got to address the, the big scare we had in, in Special Stage 13 with uh, Graham Coey and, and James Cowles. Um, we understand that they're all, all recovering, but the main thing is that they got out of that fire. Unfortunately, that car completely destroyed nothing left. Um, so I think there was a, a lot of good work done by the, the crews around them to make sure that those guys were safe from... Um, Unfortunately, Graham's got a couple of broken bones, but we wish him all the best for a, for a speedy recovery and, and um, hopefully we'll see him back in a rally car sometime in the future, but it certainly won't be that one. Um, but that battle between John Silcock and, and um, Shane Merland on day one was epic. Um, and then I don't know what John put on his cereal for breakfast the next morning, but, man, he was gone. He just decided that <laughs> whatever he was doing, and he needed to do it better and... Um, yeah, he certainly made a statement. But, um, you know, again, those roads down there really suit the RX-7. You probably expect a little bit more from the escorts um, in Whangarei um, with Shane Merland and, and Anthony Jones, who second year in a row hasn't really been where he wanted to be at, at Otago. But, um, yeah, hey, we saw him bounce back at, at Whangarei last year in a big style, and I expect nothing less from him um, this year either. Yeah, I think he likes the tight, twisty stuff, so... Yeah, Whangarei, a little bit more like that with the cambered roads and whatnot. And then, obviously, as we get further through the championship, Hawke's Bay and, and Rally New Zealand might come to the fore for, for Jonesy. Mate, the Rally Challenge, we, we saw a couple of absolutely stunning individual performances there. Jeff Ward turned some heads. I mean, he was running top 10 and battling and in front of um, some Cat 1 cars right throughout, on, on pace and on merit. 
uh, in what's essentially a debut drive, in the, certainly in the championship, in, in that ex-Richard Mason car. He was phenomenal. That Chris Lockyer had certainly his best performance in the championship. The guy's yep. really just starting out on this path of, of rallying. And, um, I mean, he's so much fun to interview at the end of stage as he comes in. He's got this beaming smile. And you can see that the confidence growing each and, and every stage. We saw him at a cross Otago. He had a, a, a really, really good run and um, some, some encouraging signs there for him as well. The passion, the passion between the brothers, Chris and Sean, is just... It, yeah. It's inspiring. It really is. You know, it's it's why we all do it. It's, um, it's it's fantastic to see them having a great run. But what about in the two wheel drive of the Rally Challenge too? Jonty Brentzel, like, yeah, he was as fast as any other two wheel drive car in a little sixteen hundred starlet. So um, without a few issues, he you know would have well, he would have been giving Jeff Water a run for that Dunlop drive of the Rally. That's for sure. But um, yeah, I think Jeff Jeff really deserved that award too. It was. Um, yeah, it's just a, a great drive from him. And um, you know, speaking of awards too, what about um, Sean Haggerty's hell a moment of the rally with the, the steering wheel coming off in sixth gear over a jump? <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen the uh, the in-car of that, keep an eye out for that on the, the TV show. Well done to, to Bella, who stayed so calm through it because uh, I think um, most of us would have, yeah, um, would have yeah. been clean up in aisle four, I think. I think it would have been, yeah. Mate, um, just, just to, to finish up, Quite an emotional um, rally for, for a number of people. You, you mentioned Sean Agony. We're at the end of Curry Bush, and, and um, hopefully you get to see that in the in the highlights through the, the show. Uh, some of the end of stage, the relief, that raw emotion that you get, um, you really only get from end of stage interviews. And, you know, Robbie Stokes shedding a, a tear. His, his grandmother passed in the last few months, and I think he dedicated uh, that result, both he and Amy, in the car. Um, and, you know, it was a challenging event for him, so... Fantastic to see him get to the end. Um, Sean Haggerty, I think, had been a pretty emotional weekend for him as well. Um, and again, a lot of dramas, but a, a huge relief to get to the end of the event uh, and, and celebrate what would have been a bloody tough weekend um, in the appropriate way. And our mate Simon Bell as well, who uh, who drove down, took his son George all the way down, um, you know, had really battled before the event started, I think, with some of the, uh, the scrutineering and the issues with, uh, with his mate Dylan Turner's car. But it had been yeah, a pretty challenging weekend for Simon as well and um, an emotional way to finish. And how neat to see all of those competitors get to the end after a, a difficult weekend. It, absolutely. And it's great to see so much um, emotion and passion. I mean, uh, certainly in the case of the Stokeses, that's what they do. As a family, they go rallying. They're, um, yeah, it's it's a great family team. Mum, Mum Anne and Dad Brian are there with them, everyone. So, um, you know, it's good, good to... Um, it's never good to, to to lose a family member, but you can understand why why that means so much to them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a big few days, budget because Ricky was was long as well beforehand. Um, and you know, you know, it's like you get a bit tired and, and a bit bit overcome with emotion. It's um, but you know, isn't it great to see that it, it means so much to our teams? Oh, so mate, you throw you throw the travel factor in there as well. You know, having to get you know those coming from one end of the country to get to the other. We'll see it in reverse at round two, of course, when like, those from the south have to make the you on the plane, eh? <laughs> yeah, make the trek trek north to to Whangarei. Um, mate, obviously only a couple of weeks out now, two and a bit weeks away from um, from from Rally Whangarei. Uh, great with the restrictions and the, the alert level change that we're going to see uh, Rally Whangarei as we know it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and hey, we'll talk about that event more in the. The coming weeks, but uh, it's always arduous. There's a few route changes in there that I think will, will shake a few things up. Um, nothing too major, but um, yeah, it'll just keep everyone on their toes and a few stages running in the opposite direction. And 
if um, Otago was the entree, well, bring on the, the main course that is the rest of the season because, man, that was um, that was a pretty special way for us to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. Great way to kick off the 2022 Brian Green Property Group New Zealand Rally Championship. Thanks for your time. Uh, we will do it all again next week and uh, we'll start the countdown to International Rally Whangarei uh, in just a couple of weeks' time.